come to church, you see some things are not happy. You say, this people say, hey, this church is not a trial. Did they sing nonsense today? You will not join the choir. You will not, you just, they are not even doing anything. The church is not fresh. And God's looking at you. Eh? I can't forget one service we had some years ago. That service, preaching deliverance, where everything spoiled. Devil was really angry about that service. All the equipment went down. AC went down. Inside the small classroom we were using. And some girls came for the service. Some sleek senior. But as you were in that service, but some big girls, you know. Some. When you see them like this, you know that. Prepare them. They just entered. How in my mind, I'm like, oh God. God, you have announced this ministry. How about this? Like this. Heat. After I went one, just one tap the other. Bam. This one went out first. So, you know, I don't want to carry the, other, the bag, the Bibles, and went out. The other one followed as if she's going to ease herself, and they now went out. I went and talked to the Lord about it. He told me, don't worry. So, tomorrow now, when you hear that, your pastor, uh, he has bought jets, don't be angry. Because that day you were angry, you left. <laughs> I'm saying it now so that tomorrow you'll not be angry. Say, hey, we will buy jet. Don't be angry. We'll buy it. Some people are not saying amen. If you're not saying amen, you're a suspect. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 53. From verse 1. I read your Bibles, please let's look at it. From verse 1, it says, Who hath believed our reports? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Esteemed him not. Verse 4, everybody together. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Actually, what he's trying to say here is he was actually carrying our grief so. He was carrying our sorrows, but we looking. We thought God was punishing him for his own sins. Do you remember that time where they told him, Physician, you heal people, heal thyself. Are you with me? He said, If thou be the Son of God, come on, command the angels, let them come down and take you from this place. Didn't you say you are the Son of God? Why not do something? Prove yourself that you are the Son of God. But he knew that what he was doing was not for himself. Are you with me? He knew that what he was doing was not for himself. Let me tell you something. If you have never cried about Christ's work for you, you don't understand it. Do you want to understand how much you deserve to suffer for your sins? Look at what Christ suffered. I know that statement was a strong one, but I need to say it. He says, surely he had won our griefs. And cried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, 
smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Hey! He says, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. Kai. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. I read it in an Amplified yesterday and I was like, wow. This is exactly what it means. Do you have Amplified translation? Let me read Amplified for you. Amplified. Oh God. So give me one minute. Let me open Amplified for you. Okay, there we have it. It says from verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. Hey, That's what it means by the chastisement of our peace. Are you with me? Another translation puts it like this. Let me check the living Bible. From verse 5. It says, But he was wounded and bruised for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. Kai. Oh my God. He was beaten that we might have peace. Kai. Mm. He was lashed and we were healed. Hmm. That's living Bible. King James says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Let me go back to Amplified. Amplified is sweet on this matter. Isaiah 53 from verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. And by his stripes, wounds, we are healed. Hallelujah. Verse 6. It says, all of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. But the Lord has caused the wickedness of us all, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing, to fall on him instead of us. Do you know what this means? That means the payment required for you to have peace has been done. That means peace has been given to you. The payment required for you to be healed has been done. That means healing has been given to you. The payment required for our well-being has been done. That means well-being has been given to you. Being well has been given to you. You know why? Because he took your place. So, you know what is happening here? All the rewards for being righteous... All the rewards that God is supposed to give to a righteous man was given to sinful men because all the punishment that sinful men deserved was taken by a righteous man. Do you get it now? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Verse 7 says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth to complain or defend himself like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before Asherah. So he did not open his mouth. After oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, his contemporaries, who are among them, centered himself with the fact that he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of, of my people 
to whom the stroke of death was due. Jump to verse, verse 9. His grave was assigned with the wicked, but he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor there was, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet the Lord was willing to crush him, causing him to suffer. Can I tell you something? In Jesus' death, men killed him. God killed him. Did you hear what I said? In Jesus' death, men killed him. God killed him. And do you know why? God had to fulfill, fulfill all the payment, all the judgment. God had to put everything on him. The Bible says in King James, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Kai. He had put him to grief when he shall make his soul an offering for sin. The men killing him thought they were just the ones killing him, but God also was doing it. He says, yet it pleased God to bruise him. He was doing this so that it can be right for him to say, you murderer, forgive him. Praise the Lord. Then verse 11 says, as a result of the anguish of his soul, he shall see it and be satisfied. Say amen. By his knowledge of what he has accomplished, the righteous one, my servant shall justify many, making them righteous, upright before God, in right standing with him, for he shall bear the responsibility of their sins. Kai, these are scriptures to rejoice about. You have borne the responsibility of my sins. Kai. Therefore I will divide and give him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoils with the mighty. Because he willingly poured out his life to death. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Romans 3. After this service, I'll go and kneel down before God and pray. Because I'm amazed at your response. I remember reading this verse and crying and crying and crying and crying. Till you know when Qatar has... has Pour out from your nose like this, and you are like, God, God. I will go and pray because I'm going to ask God, what's happening? Father, in the name of Jesus, our minds are open to you. Amen. But can I tell you something? What I'm intentionally dealing with here and trying to remove is what many Christians have and don't know. What I'm trying to deal with, that glycoma on their eyes towards Christ, and they don't even know it. Jesus died. I remember going to preach to again, and I said, do you know the gospel? He said, is it not that Jesus died and resurrected? Hey! He said, is that not it? Immediately she said, I'm like, hey, I, I could feel the Holy Ghost grieve within me. Hey! No, you would know it's not a joke when you stand before the monarch of Zion. You were despised, you were rejected, Lord, those who passed by, even averted that gaze from the sight. Such was the suffering. Who knows that song? Led like a lamb, a lamb to the slaughter, you spoke not the word. You chose to be silent, Lord, you did no wrong. So, I'm on my own. 
But God has highly exalted your name. He has enthroned you on high. Such was the suffering. People will celebrate Easter holiday and not go to work and don't know why. Your life, the way you live your life is actually proof if you know what was done for you. The way you carry on your Christian devotion is proof. You know, many times I've asked myself, this stuff I'm doing, being a pastor, serving God, what if I don't blow? What if I never become a big pastor? What if I never become, you know, I was in the hospital one, some days ago and somebody called my wife's name because we're looking for the, my wife's antenata. Said, so where is Ogenerobo? Mrs. Ogenerobo. So I had to go and collect the drugs for my wife. So when I picked it up, he said, Ogenerobo, do you, do you have any relation? Do you have any brother who is a big pastor in this state? <laughs> I said, I don't have anybody like that. He said, I know there is one pastor Ogenerobo. I saw his face on billboard. <laughs> and I was in my face, Mark, so you will not know it's me. He said, um, is the person connected to you? He was, as he was pressing, I said, I'm Pastor Genirobo. He said, it's me. He now grabbed my hand and said, man of God, God. He said, bless me. Touch me. Say a word. But what if? What if I have to be a missionary to go to maybe one hinterland and die there? Is it a waste? It's not. Because can I tell you something? When he was doing this, nobody was saying you were dying for me. Oh. They didn't even get it. They didn't get it. They felt, ah, God, they were then crucify him. Remember the story of Joseph and Barabbas? Remember that story? Who knows the story of Joseph and Barabbas? Where the Israelites wanted to crucify Jesus and Pilate was looking for a way to free Jesus because he knew Jesus was innocent. He knew that they took him to crucify him for envy. Are you with me? He knew it was jealousy doing them. So he said, okay, you know what, guys? I have an idea. I have an idea. Um, every year, I'm supposed to release one, one wicked man. I'm supposed to release one sinner, eh? Or one prisoner. So he chose Barabbas because he knew that Barabbas was the worst of the, of the evil men and the worst of the prisoners. He felt like if the people see Barabbas, they'll say, I better give us Jesus back. Are you with me? He felt like, okay, this would be the perfect... He went, maybe he went and asked the, the prison guard and said, please, who is the most notorious? Who is the one that uh, his own wickedness? The people will have to say, I beg, take him back. They say, Barabbas. Oh, yeah, bring Barabbas. Barabbas, you'll be free today. Eh? Okay, Barabbas, you'll be free. The idea is, they will say, Jesus, come back. Barabbas, go. We don't want you. Instead, they brought Barabbas. The people said, crucify Jesus. Give us Barabbas. They said, we are willing to take the wicked man, but let this innocent man die. They did not know that that death was for them. They were not getting it. At that point. Hallelujah. At that point, they were not getting it. They said, give us Barabbas. I can I tell you something. Even Barabbas did not know. He may have come out and wondered, ah, who is Jesus? Uh -huh. 
I don't come back now. Maybe you go and meet these guys. I don't show. You see, old soldier never die. I know if he die. You see, Barabbas, how you come out now? See, they tell my Jesus guy, oh, they say, maybe because I release me. Ah. It's because I, mean, I don't show now. Eh? <laughs> he may never reason that Jesus Christ was the reason why he became free. Can I tell you the truth? Now we be Barabbas. It is us. Barabbas represented us. That was perfect substitution there. So, how is God right in releasing Barabbas? Jesus took his place. He took his place. He did that that he might be just. I can preach on this thing till 6 p.m. today. I will preach on it till we cry. That's actually, when you begin to cry, then you get it. Then you know that. Hey. Remember those two thieves on the cross with Jesus? And one was insulting him. One said, can I tell you something? When you understand this thing, you are saved. The day it dawns on you that Christ took your place, and it is you that deserve to die. Do you know what God does? Because of that very reason, he gives you salvation. Kai. Remember on the cross, there were two thieves with Jesus, right? One said, ah, no be you be Messiah. Save yourself now. Then the other one said, we, we are dying because of what we did. This man eh, did not die because of what he did. They crucified him for no reason. That means he has no business dying here. He said, that means, Oga, sorry, remember me. Do you know what Jesus told him? He said, because you have gotten this revelation that I did, I did not deserve to die. Because you have gotten it that I did not deserve to die, but yet I'm dying. In, today, you will be with me in paradise. Are you with me? As Jesus just saw that, oh, this guy has gotten it. You know what? Give him salvation. If you've not gotten this, you are not saved. Just because the man was able to see, his eyes was open to see. We, we, are, we are here because we deserve it. This one is dying for what he does not deserve. That means there must be something happening behind the scenes that I don't know. See, remember me in your kingdom. He said, ah, you have been able to see that I'm here not on my own account. Today, you will be with me. Romans 3, as we begin to round up. So back to my story as you open to Romans 3. I told myself, what if I never become a big pastor? I said I will keep preaching. Because he's worth it. Are you with me? And can I tell you something? People like us are the ones that will become big. Are you with me? Because can I tell you something? There are people who they, they are poured out their life because they believed in this thing. Men you may never hear about. Men who are in some village somewhere because they believed. He, he died for us. He did not deserve to die, but he died anyway and rose up again to give justification. Why must it waste? I cannot forget the, the Moravian brothers. He said, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. So they made themselves slaves. They were sending slaves to an island to go and die. They said, those slaves cannot die for nothing. We will go and become slaves and preach. When they were going, they said, why are you going to do that? They said, may the lamb that was slain 
receive the reward of his suffering. You know the funny thing? It is with those same people you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. God will ask you in your comfort, what did you do? Them, out of suffering, they did. They sacrificed you in your comfort. What did you do? You were entering boats. <laughs> Chilling. After service, you go to Cold Stone and Domino's. You tell me, the service was nice. They, wow, we just blessed God for the service. Oh, no, we give him praise. He's awesome. Celebrate. Until Gabriel comes and says, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. And the celebration is not because of Christ in their mind, though. See, when the bear do the enter body. <laughs> it's only when the bear do enter, that's when you will now dance. Check the Bible. How do people celebrate Jesus? They will flog the apostles in Acts chapter 4. They will say, thank God we are worthy to be flogged. They, they went to actually do thanksgiving. That, thank God we are worthy to be flogged. Read the Bible. Listen, what has kept me and what will keep me is this guy is worth it. Jesus is worth it. He's worth everything. Romans 3. From verse 23. Now I'm going to read in Amplified so that you get the actual picture. Romans 3 verse 23 says, Since all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God and are being justified declared free from the guilt of sin, made acceptable to God, and granted eternal life by a gift, as a gift by his precious undeserved grace. Through the redemption, the payment for our sin, which is provided in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I know it's not on the screen, but just follow me. Man of God, just try and put the King James. Technical crew. Media. Well, we have to overhaul that unit. The work is too much on just few people. So, if you are going to be serious in that unit, be serious. If you are not going to be serious, we will find somewhere else to put you. Because that unit is too crucial. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Romans 3, verse 23, it says, Since all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God and are being justified, declared free of the guilt of sin. King James, uh, the Amplified is maybe looking strange to you, so let me read King James. For all have sinned and come of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Glory! glory. Say after me, I'm justified freely. I'm justified freely. So let me go back to my Amplified. Put verse 25 in King James here. I'll read in Amplified. King James says, Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Let me explain. So I need Amplified to explain to you. Amplified says, Whom God displayed publicly before the eyes of the world. So he's saying that God displayed Jesus Christ publicly before the eyes of the world as a life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation in brackets, propitiation. Propitiation is something paid on behalf of another, right? 
whom God displayed publicly before the eyes of the world as a life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation, propitiation, by his blood to be received through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness, which demands punishment for sin, because in his forbearance, his deliberate restraints, he passed over the sins previously committed before Jesus' crucifixion. Pause. Don't let the write-up confuse you a little bit. So what is he trying to say? He's saying that when Christ died, it was God's public declaration that, listen, because of this death of Jesus Christ, I have paid for all of men's sin. Are you with me? I am setting forth Jesus Christ as the public display of propitiation for sins, right? So he's trying to say that because of this, I can now explain to the principalities and powers that when I was overlooking sins in the past, I was waiting for this time when I would do this. He's trying to tell you that all we see in Genesis to Revelation, God was overlooking sin. He said that even Sodom and Gomorrah, God was actually overlooking. That Sodom and Gomorrah, all the punishments we see in the Old Testament, nobody actually really got the real punishment for sins because God was overlooking. Because even when you study Sodom and Gomorrah's story, historians say that God was actually slow. That thing was going on for 400 years. Sodom, homosexuality and lesbianism was going on for 400 years in Sodom and Gomorrah and the Bible says that God did not do anything until that time. So you're saying that all those times in the past, God was actually holding himself back because he couldn't wait for the time when he would put all the punishment on Christ and he would say, okay, now nah, I don't want to judge them again because I put it on Christ. Are you with me? Let me tell you the truth. New Breed is a Bible teaching church. So there are many verses in the Bible that you may have read and jumped. We don't jump anyone. Praise the Lord. So he's saying that he did this so that he can now declare to the world, you see, I'm just. My forgiveness for them is just because my forbearance for them is just. Me holding myself is just. Me refusing to punish them is just. Do you remember when Cain was being punished? He punished Cain. Cain now said, my punishment is too much. God now, oh God. God. Cain said, my punishment is too much, which was actually not too much because he's telling us that God was forbearing. God now gave him protection in the punishment. He said, I will put a mark on you that nobody will be able to kill you. How can you be having mercy in punishment? How can you be having mercy? Somebody just killed somebody. You are supposed to say you die. He said, okay, you, you become a wanderer. He said, ah, my punishment is too much. Okay, you know what? You know what? I will put mark on you. you will no, nobody will kill you. No, no, go fit. How can you be having mercy in punishment? Because he was forbearing himself to the point where he would put it on Christ. And when the responsible asked him, ah, why did you have mercy on them before? He said, I was waiting for now, so I will pour everything on one person. Glory. Shout Glory! Are you with me? So, this was to demonstrate his righteousness, which demands punishment for sin because in his forbearance, his deliberate restraint, he passed over the sins previously committed before Jesus' crucifixion. It was to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in him. 
So, he's justifying you, but he's also just. He's the just justifier. Mm. He calls you righteous, he makes you righteous, but he is righteous in doing so. He did not cut corners in making you righteous. He's making you just, but he is just in doing so. He did not cut corners in making you just. Are you with me? To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. That he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Say after me, you are my justifier. Say after me, you are my justifier. Say after me, grace is just. Say after me, grace is just. Now, see verse 27. This one will make you shout. Amplify puts it like this. Verse 27. Okay, let me read from KJV. Then you see Amplify's own. KJV says, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. He said, because of all God has done, there is no space again for you to boast. Amplify puts it like this. What then becomes of our boasting? It is excluded, entirely ruled out, banished. On what principle? On the principle of good works. On the principle of good works, no, but on the principle of faith. So, because of these things that Christ has done, when a man says, I believe in you, I put my faith in you, he says, you know what? You are justified. And I'm right to do so. That means God actually has been looking for the opportunity to justify men, but was waiting for when it was right to do so. Look at Abraham and Lot over Sodom and Gomorrah. It was as if God was, why don't just go and punish them? He said, if you have 10, I will agree. He said, if you have 50, I will not punish them. If I have 40, I will not punish them. If you have 30, I will not punish them. Just say you are looking for the uh, one, you are looking for one not to punish them. If you have 20, I will not punish them. But the reason why he has to punish is because justice demands punishment, yet he's restraining himself. Brother Ore shared something with me recently. I will close on that. When he shared it with me, I said, the guy, they, they follow me. Now it's proved that you are my son in the gospel. You are following me. He said he was reading the Bible recently. And he saw something. that He has read that thing before, but he never crossed his mind like that. That when Moses and Aaron eh, were in charge of Israel, when Moses went up to the mountain to meet God, and Aaron was downstairs, <laughs> sorry, Aaron was down with the Israelites. God now told Moses that look at the Israelites. They are now worshipping a calf. They are forgotten me. I want to destroy them. You know what Moses said? Moses said, God, please don't destroy them. That if you destroy them, it will be like you brought them out of Egypt only to destroy them. Are you with me? Moses begged for mercy for Israelites. When Moses now went down and saw what they were doing, he said, no, I'm not showing mercy. He brought 3,000 out and killed them. Read the Bible. Then the remaining, he now took the tablet of stone, broke it, grounded it into powder, and made it with water. I say, all of you drink. He saw the evil and got angry, but God saw the evil and had mercy. Ah. He says, where is our boasting then? It is excluded. What does that mean? It means that he, he wants you to boast in what you did. That means how is God excited? God is excited when a man understands this and says, Lord, 
thank you. Lord, thank you. When a man has been brought to his knees, he sees what Christ has done and he says, Jay, there's nothing like your presence, Lord. All I want is to be with you. That's how God is happy. Are you with me? God will see that I, now he's coming. Not the one you come to church. Lord, I give my tithes and so you have blessed me. Father, I give you praise. And as if I knock you there, if we, if we, if we conquer your head, celebrate him. This church safe. Eh? Place is hot. I beg. Let him go and buy Jane. I'm tired. He's all looking at you. Say, God. Go and win souls. Uh -huh. Is it for everybody? Why are the people they call evangelists? Me, you concern me. Hey. <laughs> Come and serve God. Uh -huh. Now I'm See. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. You know the funny thing? If he stopped there, eh, if he stopped in the redemptive work of his blessing for us, it would have been enough because that one will serve us for eternity. But after that, we will not serve him and he will still bless us on top. I beg, Father, we give you praise. 